Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. When it comes to building a new category, the founder of the Better For You late night snacking company, Night Food, found after years of struggling to explain his value proposition to consumers that a new playbook was in order. One that focuses more on high-quality shopper engagement through channels with a more curated approach and less on high-traffic channels crowded with competitors. When Night Food first launched in 2010 with a mission to help nighttime snackers satisfy their cravings with healthier, sleep-friendly options, it took the same path to market as many startups by securing distribution through traditional supermarkets. And while this is invaluable for its broad reach and straightforward consumer relationships, Night Food CEO Sean Folkson says that the new partnership with a hotel chain in the often overlooked hospitality industry is emerging as an unexpected but much needed key in driving consumer awareness, scaling the business, and spearheading the creation of a healthy late night snack subcategory. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Folson shares his vision for a sleep-friendly snack segment and what it takes to build a new category, including the impact, positive and negative, that different channels and strategic partnerships bring to the table. As a recent winner of the Real California Milk Accelerator, he also shares how participating in the Shark Tank-esque competition helped crystallize his plan for growth and where he sees night food going. Finally, Folkson takes a step back to look at the macro trends driving the frozen dessert space, and what he says about the future for plant-based in the segment may surprise many. So, the idea for night food came to Folkson long before he launched the business, and, like many startups, the concept has taken many forms before settling on its current iteration. But the mission has always remained the same, to help people understand what they eat, especially before bed, can impact their sleep, and to help them make healthier choices. We're not a sleep aid company, and we didn't set out to solve the sleep problem. We set out to solve the night snack problem, and the way we do that is by giving people snacks that can satisfy those nighttime cravings in a better, healthier, and more sleep-friendly way. There seems to be a general consensus about what you should and shouldn't have. You know, some things are easy, and I think people understand. Caffeine is is certainly one thing, um, you know, that that I think people have known for decades that you should try to avoid later in the day. Um, And everybody knows if if you have alcohol, you know, what that does and how you sleep differently and wake up certainly feeling differently. Um, But there are things that... um, you know, have, have a tremendous amount of consensus. And then there's things that are changing. So, so anything that's really high glycemic, you know, lots of sugar um, is, is going to uh, impair your sleep quality. Um, you know, research has shown that excess fat uh, or consuming too many calories before bed uh, can impair sleep quality. Um, and, and so, you know, we looked at, at this consensus that was out there uh, and and then there's there's other things. So so sugar, fat, and calories are things you want to avoid. Caffeine, again, something you want to avoid. And then there are things that that research indicates can be helpful. So things like um, 
calcium, magnesium, zinc, uh, certain B vitamins should be avoided. Other B vitamins are, are fine. Uh, so vitamin B6 is, is proven to help support sleep in a lot of different ways. I'm sure that, that there will continue to be evolution in terms of what people should and shouldn't do before bed. And, and, and I would expect our products to continue to evolve as, you know, as more information comes to light. But the main thing is that our focus is on solving that problem of people are snacking at night anyway, millions and millions, you know, the, there's, there's seven or 800 million snacks consumed every week at night in the United States. And there's over a billion dollars spent. So we're just trying to make sure that for people that are going to be snacking at night anyway, do they have options that they can feel better about and that can be healthier for them and uh, help be uh, sleep positive and sleep supportive rather than sleep negative or sleep disruptive because sleep is a really tremendous health lever for everybody out there. The first product that Night Food created to check these nutritional boxes and meet its mission was a lower calorie nutrition bar with five grams of fiber, slow digesting carbs that keeps snackers full and satisfied through the night, and a hefty dose of sleep-friendly calcium and magnesium, as well as a branded cacao-based ingredient, cacomine, which is touted for its calming benefits to the mind. Now fast forward to mid-2019, and Nightfoos has dropped the nutrition bar in favor of a better-for-you pint of ice cream, with low-lactose dairy that the company says is easier for the stomach and digestion, decaffeinated coffee beans for its cold brew flavor, and special cherries that have higher-than-natural-occurring melatonin in the cherry ellipse variety. The pints also have a higher amount of calcium and magnesium, which, again, studies have linked to improved sleep quality. While the pints have been the central focus for night food in recent years, Folkson stresses that his company isn't a one-hit or one-ingredient wonder. Rather, he's creating options across popular late-night snack categories, including an upcoming ice cream sandwich, and has plans to innovate around chips, candy, and other popular options. In each case, Folkson said, different sleep-friendly ingredients will shine. We're not a company that is based on uh, an ingredient, right? So I, I don't know, I think of um, Mama Chia, for instance. You know, it's, it's chia-based or, or Palm Wonderful, which is, which is you know, pomegranate uh, juice. So, um, you know, when we have our ice cream, you know, it's going to be more sleep friendly than other ice creams in certain ways that lend themselves to an ice cream. Uh, when we move on and we're developing cookies or chips or candy, uh, those things would be sleep friendly compared to the other, you know, the leading brands or the mainstream brands in those categories, but likely in different ways. So for instance, our ice cream has approximately twice as much tryptophan in it as um, as a, a traditional conventional ice cream. It's probably not going to be the case that our cookies, you know, or chips would necessarily, um, you know, be better in the sense of having more tryptophan. For each innovative product that night food brings to market, Folkson stresses that the goal is not to coax more people to eat midnight snacks or to serve as a sleep aid like many beverages and supplements on the market. Rather, he says he simply wants to provide a better-for-you option that has easy replacements for high-calorie products that people already reach for late at night. 
there's been a lot of sleep beverages. Um, some have had some success. Some have come and gone. Um, you know, the in my opinion, those sleep drinks are viewed as an add-on, something that people would consume in addition to their normal lifestyle strictly because they're seeking the functional benefit that's promised by the product, right? What, what we're looking to do is we're looking at the consumer that's already snacking. There's billions of dollars, you know, between Ben and & Jerry's and Oreos and Doritos and, and Pringles and M&Ms, you know, being consumed at night. And we're not looking for somebody to add something as much as we're looking for them to substitute and replace so I think that, um, and there's also been, you know, it's not just drinks. There's been um, food-based products out there that are trying to provide um, sleep supplementation, whether it's melatonin gummies um, or, you know, melatonin candies, um, ashwagandha gummies. You know, there are different things out there, but they're all in the sense of being a supplement. And by definition, you know, it's, that's not a snack. And so, you know, if somebody is choosing to drink one of these sleep-friendly drinks, but they're still having half a pint of Ben & Jerry's because, because of the cravings, you know, they're not necessarily moving themselves forward all that much. You know, the thing that I haven't mentioned, Elizabeth, is that there's a biological reason that so many of us um, not only snack at night, but when we do snack at night, we tend to reach for very um, calorie-dense choices. And that's the way, you know, research indicates that's the way humans are, are hardwired. It's a survival mechanism. So um, the snacking is not going to go away. And, and we're not ever going to take somebody who is not a snacker and try to get them to start snacking on night food because of, a, of some kind of a better sleep promise. What we're doing is we're taking this huge majority, over 85% of us in, in America snack regularly at night, and what we're doing is we're offering those people better options. So in terms of the competitive landscape, I've really yet to see another company out there that has tried to tackle nighttime snacking um, and sleep from the perspective of a snack brand. So the few companies that have done it and that have been out there are all tackling it from the perspective of trying to solve the sleep problem. And I think that's the, that would have been the easier way for us to go in terms of, you know, maybe getting on the map and getting people to understand us and getting some easier rapid scale. We're doing the harder job, which I also think is the much more worthwhile job, which is you know, solving that snack problem that won't go away. Finding the right formats and the right ingredients to best help late night snackers satisfy their cravings and still enjoy a good night's rest is only one of the many challenges that Folkson has tackled while at the helm of night food. Another is educating consumers about what sets his product apart and building a new category from scratch, which Folkson notes is a tremendously heavy lift. But, he adds, he is hopeful that a new partnership with a hotel chain will shift this burden and help the nascent healthy late-night snack category take off, first by restricting the competition so that night food stands out, 
Second, by aligning the hotels and the brand's values to better communicate night food's benefits. And third, by driving brand recognition, which ultimately will drive traffic and sales across channels. It's a tremendously heavy lift, and, and, and if we're able to execute it, you know, then it's going to have been a tremendous accomplishment. It, it is a you know, fairly high level of difficulty. And, you know, we've been banging our heads against it for years. And really what I think is going to be the turning point for us is happening in the next, uh, next couple of weeks or months. And what that is, is we, um, we completed a pilot with one of the world's leading global hotel brands. And they're going to be rolling us into um, our first chain or chains uh, in Q1 here. And we're in touch and talking to just about all the other decision makers in the hotel industry. And, and this is a, we're getting great response. Now, the reason this is interesting, so supermarkets don't care how well you sleep. And when we get into supermarkets, you know, we could literally have three or four or five SKUs in an ice cream set where there could be three or four or 500 SKUs. So we might carry 1% of the SKUs there, and we're getting lost, and nobody knows who we are, um, and it's tremendously expensive between slotting to get on, um, advertising to let people know who you are, and then you know, running trade promotions. And then you know, even if somebody comes in and they're thinking about night food, you know, when they see that the Ben & Jerry's or the Haagen-Dazs or the Halo Top is on sale you know, two for eight, you know, everything goes out the window. So it's a very competitive situation, and we've been, we've been in that space for a couple of years now, and, and we've kind of established ourselves as a middle-of-the-road player um, and not able to break out, because, because largely because of the heavy lift that you're talking about, helping consumers understand why this is important. So focus now on the hotel space where they've got one little freezer, right? And it's got some microwave burritos in there. It's got mac and cheese. It's got maybe four, you know, three, four, five ice cream uh, pint skews in there. Um, so when we tested in the hotels, our ice cream sold very well because in that context, unlike in the supermarket, the, the messaging of sleep friendly makes a lot of sense. These are not people doing a week's worth of grocery shopping on a Tuesday afternoon, right? The people walking into that hotel lobby shop, you know, especially if they're there at night, they're buying something for immediate consumption. And so it makes a lot of sense in context. And that's why we think that the pilot test went so well and why we're going to be rolling out. Now, hotels, there's about 20,000 across the country that have freezers and sell, sell ice cream. Hotels have a sleep obligation. They've invested billions of dollars to improve their mattresses and their pillows and their blackout curtains and their white noise machines. And then when people go down to the lobby shop, not only does, have the hotels not had sleep-friendly options, but the, the options they have there are sleep disruptive and sleep destructive. So it's Nutter Butters, right? It's Ben and Jerry's, it's um, you know M&Ms, and they're loaded with all the sugar, fat, and calories that we know people should be avoiding. So the feedback we're getting from hotels is that you know this is amazing now because they can support better sleep at one additional touch point by adding night food in. So that's why we think night food is going to rapidly roll through the hotel. Uh, vertical because we know we know we sold very well in the test 
when this chain puts us in, it's a chain that everybody else is going to be looking at because, you know, this is a, it's a major chain. And so from there, Elizabeth, what's going to happen, we believe now it's going to start to make sense to the consumer. Because if you're in all the major hotel chains and you go into that lobby shop and you see night food ice cream, you see night food cookies, you see night food chips, you see night food candy, and you're in there, you basically have the de facto endorsement of the hospitality and hotel industry who has a responsibility and an obligation to do everything they can to help you sleep better. So in addition to the revenue growth that we're projecting from being in all these hotels, what it really does is it brings the category to life within a context that allows the consumer to understand it does our marketing for us. Not only are new consumers going to be seeing and trying night food in that environment, and then they can go seek it out in their supermarket, right? So that's great for the brand. But what it really does for the category is it gives validation that what you eat at night is important and can impact your sleep. And we think that that hotel placement is going to do all of that heavy lifting uh, that you that you mentioned, and that's why we're rushing to get other snack formats, not just our pints, but the night food ice cream sandwich that we're working on and other snack formats that we're working on because we want to be in all of the major snack formats in that hotel shop so we can uh, drive more trial and certainly drive that awareness of both the brand and, more importantly, this, this category. Folkson says that night food will be in 7,500 hotels by next summer, and he aims to be in 20,000 by the end of 2023, a fast surge that he plans to support with his earnings from the Real California Milk Accelerator competition, which he won last fall. We were fortunate enough to participate in the Real California Milk Accelerator put on by the uh, California Milk Advisory Board. And... um, you know, they're, what they're looking to do, and this was their third year, and what they're looking to do is identify um, innovative and scalable products that can drive demand for real California milk. And we're very fortunate in that this year the theme was uh, using dairy for performance and recovery. And, of course, you know, sleep really plays into performance and recovery. So uh, we were one of the 12 semifinalists. We advanced uh, uh, to be one of the four finalists, and we were fortunate enough uh, to take the top prize, and that prize is $150,000 of marketing support. Uh, and in our case, you know, it, it's not for the pints. It's for uh, an ice cream sandwich um, that we have under development and we would like to introduce into the hotels. And, you know, the interesting thing, I think, um, you know, for – for most of the other companies in the competition and, and the companies that I looked at from last year, you know, most of them are, are rolling into traditional retail. And these, the, the prize, the 150000 is for marketing dollars, right? It's not for R&D. It's not, um, you know, to redesign the packaging or, or build a new website. You know, they typically want it to be used more for uh, things like coupons, price reductions, in, uh, demonstrations. Um, you know, more like on-site marketing. And in the hotel, that's not a normal, you know, in the supermarket environment, those, those are very normal everyday activities. Um, so we're not going to have a playbook for that just yet. It's, it's something that we're talking about with our various hotel partners. You know, what can we do from a marketing perspective to put this to good use? So an example might be, um, you know, signs in the elevators in the hotel, right? You go, in, you go into a hotel, you're in the elevator, 
there's always a sign talking about, you know, the pool or talking about, you know, the restaurant or room service, um, you know, so something in there that would, um, you know, talk about how the hotel is helping you sleep from every touch point. You know, we've got the best beds in the industry. You know, every room is now soundproofed. And if you're feeling hungry at night, we now have sleep-friendly night food in the shop. So, um, you know, that's one idea. You know, key cards, you know, the plastic disposable or hopefully reusable cards, um, you know, having night food uh, logo, you know, some night food messaging on that. Um, the door hangers, you know, the do not disturb door hangers, um, you know, table tents, various things. But it's not as easy, it's not as off the shelf, I should say, as if we were, you know, using it to expand supermarket distribution. So, you know, we'll see what we come up with. And, and maybe some of our hotel partners might have some really, really uh, I, more interesting ideas than we'd ever thought of. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to see how we can best put that to use. But we do expect it to help us. I mean, we're expecting to expand pretty rapidly through the hotels anyway. Um, but having a little bit of extra money to spend is certainly, uh, you know, going to make that go even faster, we think. Folkson's participation in the Real California Milk Accelerator also solidified for him the marketing potential for Night Foods ice cream beyond just late night snackers to the whole Better For You ice cream community, where he sees significant opportunity, especially for dairy-based options. I read something interesting from the CEO of, of Dryers um, just a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying how you know, she thinks a lot of the plant-based options are over-skewed in, in the stores and how there's going to be a pullback and a reduction. And, and that's what I've been hearing from buyers as well. Um, you know, I, I, there's obviously, you know, there is shift towards plant-based uh, that's going on, I, but I think that it's not, you know, depending on the projections that you see, I think that, that um, you know, that gets a lot of attention in the media. And, and a lot of consumers that are very vocal are, are looking for that and talking about it. But I still think that the mainstream consumer out there, you know, is very happy with, with, with dairy ice cream, uh, whether it's full fat or, or in our case, you know, a lighter version, um, but still dairy. Um, you know, so I, I think that's what we're going to be seeing. You know, plant-based is still going to get all the headlines, and, and that's okay. But ultimately, you know, everybody can see what people are putting in their basket. Um, and, um, you know, so, so that I think is, is, is not really, um, it, it, I don't think plant-based is going to take over the world in the ice cream space as fast as I think a lot of people might, might want to think. Um, I do think that there are opportunities for healthier options, uh, like night food and, and some other things. Um, you know, to come along. I, I think that what the um, what the Rethink team is doing, they were also in the competition with A2 Milk. I think that is actually really fascinating. We gave a lot of thought to using A2 Milk when we launched as well. Um, I think there's definitely something there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's going to be a, a lot more opportunity and, and everybody can look to Halo Top and thank those guys for having opened the door to this idea that ice cream, you know, can be a little bit healthier um, and a little bit more responsible. With a new go-to-market strategy and so much room to grow in dairy ice cream and beyond, night food and the development of a better-for-you late-night snack subcategory will be one to watch. 
especially as lingering concerns about Omicron and other coronavirus strains keep consumers interested and focused on permissible indulgence, mood enhancement, and better night's sleep. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.